Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where a group of longtime friends get together to talk about the world of video games. Today, we're taking a look back at one of the best and longest running franchises in all of gaming, The Legend of Zelda. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I'm your host. Joining me on this episode, I have everybody's favorite hero, Joe Summer. Really? I'm people's favorite? I mean, I'm sure you're somebody's favorite. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm my mom's favorite, but <laughs> like outside of that, <laughs> we've we've also got the leader of the pirates, Aubrey Kimball. Pirates. Yeah, Tetra. I mean, I was gonna be like insert a like Midna reference here, but you went okay. Well, what, what, how would you how would you do Midna? I couldn't come up with one. That's why I was going to say insert Midna reference here. <laughs> because I'm all out and we have two more people to introduce and I don't want to be like everybody's favorite fairy boy, Dylan Wren. <laughs> that was my Link impression just now. <laughs> oh, just the silent pro- protagonist. <laughs> that's that's what I wanted. I figured Tom was going to do something like this when he opened with, hey, listen, but we're a podcast. I can't just stare in silence like I'm Jim on the office. I, but you could I be, am not afraid to do that though. <laughs> you could be like uh somebody's favorite smasher of pots. Yeah. Caleb Van Ice. Well, you, you did the you did the thing for him. Yeah, I was that was literally what I was going to do is the yeah. And then you did it. <laughs> da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord, I don't know what you smashed after you did that, but it sounded great. (laughs) Ah, it's going to be a good episode, I can feel it. Oh yeah, it's going to be an episode. Before before (laughs) we dive into that episode, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. It would really mean a lot, and it is probably the most effective way of growing our show and our community. Also, please go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com. From there, you can find links to our social media pages, YouTube channel, and our Patreon page. Speaking of Patreon, Joe, what do the people get over there? They get two bonus podcasts at frequencies ranging from weekly to bi-weekly. Close. You're so close. <laughs> they're, they're both bi-weekly, do we do- but they're staggered. They, uh, I, thought, I thought movie podcast was weekly for some reason. No, thank God, because these two, yeah, they no, like to record for like three hours, <laughs> and it's a it's a lot. But the, the yeah, you get the movie podcast uh, featuring episodes on fixing the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, Studio Ghibli, WandaVision, recasting Lord of the Rings, all sorts of awesome stuff like that. And then you get the open mic podcast where whoever's available hops on and we just talk about what's going on in our lives, something funny that might have happened, maybe a random topic, things that uh, are a little bit outside of the video game realm. It's a good way to get to know us a little bit better. And um, I try to keep that one around an hour or so. And then the movie podcast, it's like you could listen to it all week. So (laughs) I know it's too late because it's already out, but for i really wish we you guys had recorded for like five hours and then just released three hours and then next week released the like van nice kimball cut that is the like full five hours 
Yeah, Dylan's referencing the DC episode, which by the time this comes out, who knows how old that will be. That's true. Well, okay, that's the one you talked about. I mentioned a bunch. As of recording this, that's the most recent, so it's topical, but we don't know when this episode will actually drop. This will get cut Uh, out, don't worry. Nothing gets cut out. I'm lazy when I edit now. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you also get access to our Discord, which is a really fun way to interact with us and others in the community. We just talk about tall, sexy vampire ladies, heavy metal music, pretty much anything in between. So, that's a really fun time. I don't feel and like that's a wide gap there. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, those two are actually pretty complimentary. <laughs> well, okay, that's just my world. What else do we talk about? <laughs> Nothing. See? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you're not wrong. Uh, so join our Discord so we can talk about something else. And then, yes, you also get unedited versions of this podcast and producer shoutouts, which those shoutouts... Go something like this. Bo Black, at the time of recording this, is our our patron at that level. We really appreciate his support. But if Bo had a podcast, or if he had art, or if he had if he did cosplay or something like that that he wanted to get in front of our audience, he could plug it here at this section too, right at the top of the show. Hey, go check out these people and what they do, and we would we would do that for you there as well on that level. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out our Patreon. Uh, if it doesn't, and if there's something that does sound a little bit more interesting and you're like, I would subscribe if you did this, then reach out on social media and let us know because it's flexible. We're we're definitely willing to work with the community so that you uh, feel like you're getting value out of your patronage. Anybody else have anything they want to add? I mean, Caleb and I basically come up with movie podcast episodes almost exclusively off the cuff so if there is anything you want to hear our thoughts on a question you want to pose anything along those lines we yeah we'd be happy to take it and run with it especially if you're not a patreon or a patron and whatever topic you suggest would make you subscribe you know let them know that and they can record that for you do you want us to go through and catalog and discuss the works of elaine may we can do that. That's just just t- toss it in there. And if you got that joke, consider consider subscribing <laughs> to our Patreon so that you can get more of those uh, in in the film podcast. I feel like I've probably mentioned it, but it's worth mentioning again that the bulk of of the perks on our Patreon are available on the lowest tier. Like it's two bucks a month, you get two bonus shows, you get the the Discord, you get. Like it's a dollar the best, a show. Yeah, the best stuff that we offer is like on that lowest tier. The rest of it is just kind of you guys saying, We appreciate what you're doing. We want to support you financially to help you grow. So we'll we'll do that and get a few extra perks. But the the bulk of the benefits, which in my mind is more content, you get that for like the bottom tier. So it's it's really not it's not that significant of a of a cost on your part if you do want to go check out those shows and we would it's it's not super significant to pay but it it means the world to us so we would definitely appreciate that so for the duck hunt tier if if because i'm now <laughs> thinking in smash brother tier rosters of like the bottom <laughs> tier it's like ah so uh duck hunter ice climbers <laughs> yes exactly well now that the plug is out of the way 
I'm ready to just dive into this topic because it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited. talking about the legend of zelda the idea is that this episode will release when nintendo acknowledges that zelda is important this year for for the 35th anniversary or whatever here's hoping. Uh, and if they don't it'll release anyways and we will acknowledge how important zelda is to us so those of you who are listening to this in the future let me know if i'm wrong but i'm imagining they pulled like what they did for mario's big anniversary where they just pretended like it wasn't happening for about eight months out of the year and then abruptly were like, no, wait, we are doing stuff. Here's like three things. Okay, bye. Yeah, here's a here's a battle royale where you have to beat the very first Zelda game faster than your friends, but you can only play it for six months. That would be the most Nintendo thing to do at this juncture. I'm a little sad at the path Nintendo has taken recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little we, we we can't go too far down this until our next news episode, but it is a little depressing how much Nintendo has kind of embraced like they are now a collector's market more than more than a normal just we make games. They're like, you like this tchotchke? We'll release it for six months, limited edition. What I find funny is that uh, that didn't actually work. Like, you can still find Super Mario 3D All-Stars in a few places, and uh, the Game & Watch Mario thing, uh, like, went on sale after it was supposed to be pulled. Like, instead of, oh, you can't find it anymore, it's like, we're putting it on discount. Do you want it for, like, 30 bucks instead of 50 Because no one bought it. (laughs) They really have taken a little bit too much into that, like, false scarcity mentality and it's like they they got through their like first year of business school and were like hey i learned some things well i think what it was was the mini nes and it's like they actually only made a few because they thought they'd just be for like nostalgia but everyone wanted one and it to them that was like the best selling thing they'd had in years that was the only thing they've had recently that approached like you know when the wii first came out and you just could not get your hands on it for months and they're like okay we'll do that and so they they they've just been emulating that ever since of dropping something for a little bit hoping that the nostalgia kind of swoops in and everyone buys it and then pulling it but i don't think that's gonna i don't think that's lightning they're gonna be able to keep striking so i have a uh, a fairly decent amount of like stuff to read about just kind of talking about zelda in general and then we will dive into our personal experiences with the franchise. So all of this I pulled from Wikipedia, but The Legend of Zelda is a high fantasy action adventure video game franchise created by Japanese game designers Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka. It is primarily developed and published by Nintendo, although some portable installments and re-releases have been outsourced to Capcom, Vanpool, and Grezzo. The gameplay incorporates action adventure element uh, action adventure and elements of action RPG games. The series centers on the various incarnations of Link, a courageous young Highland man with pointy elf-like ears, 
and Princess Zelda, a magical princess that is the mortal reincarnation of the goddess Hylia. Hylia. I've heard about As they f- Yeah, exactly. As they fight to save the magical land of Hyrule from Ganon, an evil warlord turned demon king, who is the principal antagonist of the series. Ganon wishes to use the Triforce, a sacred relic left behind by the three goddesses that created Hyrule, to remake the world in his own dark image. When gathered together, the power of the Triforce can grant any wish its user desires. However, if someone with the heart that does not possess a balance of the three virtues of power, courage, and wisdom attempts to touch the Triforce, it will split into three triangles and bond with three people whose hearts embody the required virtue. Are you learning something, Dylan? Uh, I mean, <laughs> if this was actually in the games, maybe, but my this understanding of it is it's very vague that this is in the game itself. Oh, no, no, this is this is no, spelled out pretty this. heavily in a lot yeah. of games. <laughs> Although their personalities and backstories differ from game to game, the incarnations of Link and Zelda often have many traits in common, such as Link often being left handed and associated with the color green, while Princess Zelda is often a member of the royal family. While the conflict with Ganon serves as a backbone for the series, some games have featured other settings and antagonists with Link traveling or being sent to these other lands in their time of need. Since the original Legend of Zelda was released in 1986, the series has expanded to include 19 entries on all of Nintendo's major game consoles as well as a number of spin-offs. An American animated TV series based on the game aired in 1989 and individual manga adaptations commissioned by Nintendo have been produced in Japan since 1997. The Legend of Zelda is one of Nintendo's most prominent and successful franchises, even if its entries are considered to be among the greatest video games of all time. I feel like I added an even. (laughs) It didn't make sense. But anyways, the Legend of Zelda games feature a mix of puzzles, action, adventure, battle gameplay, and exploration. These elements have remained constant through the series but with refinements and additions featured in each new game. Later games in the series also include stealth gameplay, and the player must avoid enemies while proceeding through a level, as well as racing elements. Although the games can be beaten with a minimal amount of exploration and side quests, the player is frequently rewarded with helpful items or increased abilities for solving puzzles or exploring hidden areas. Some items are consistent and appear appear many times throughout the series, such as bombs, yada yada, we all know that, while others are unique to a single game. Though the game, the games contain many role-playing elements, they emphasize straightforward hack-and-slash style combat over the strategic turn-based or active time combats of series like Final Fantasy. The game's role-playing elements, however, have led to much debate over whether or not Zelda games should be classified as action role-playing games, a genre on which the series has had a strong influence. Uh, Yeah, so they consist of an overworld, dungeons, bosses, yada, yada, yada. So the inspiration will be the last little bit that I read. Uh, the Legend of Zelda was principally inspired by Shigeru Miyamoto's explorations as a young young boy in the hillsides, forests, and caves surrounding his childhood home of Sanobi, Japan, where he ventured into forests with secluded lakes, caves, and rural villages. According to Miyamoto, one of his most memorable experiences was the discovery of a cave entrance in the middle of the woods. After some hesitation, he apprehensively entered the cave and explored its depths with the aid of a lantern. Miyamoto has referred to the creation of Zelda games as an attempt to bring to life a miniature garden for players to play play with in each game of the series. 
The story and setting was developed by Takashi Tezuka, seeking to create a fairy tale adventure game. Tezuka drew inspiration from fantasy books such as The Lord of the Rings. According to Keji Terui, who wrote the backstory in the first game's manual, the location named Death Mountain was initially a working title for an earlier story inspired by the Battle of Medieval Europe, written with the con- concept of the Triforce. The Master Sword was inspired by Excalibur, which originates from the Arthurian legend in the Welsh collection of Mabinogoyen. How do you say that, Caleb? Hang on. Um, Mabinogoyen? Hang on. Mabinogoyen. Okay, I was close. Hearing of American... Hearing of American novelist, uh, socialite, and painter Zelda Fitzgerald, Miyamoto thought the name sounded pleasant and significant. Paying tribute, he chose to name the princess after her and titled it The Legend of Zelda. Link and the fairy were inspired by Peter Pan and Tinker Bell. Which is funny because other than a handful of old illustrations, the fairies just sort of, I don't know, I think of Tinker Bell, I think of the Disney Tinker Bell. And I would imagine that kind of was what influenced uh, Miyamoto because he was an animation fan. But like, since like some illustrations for the old Zelda games, fairies have always been like just little dots of light. So I think it would be fun for us to kind of talk about our history with this franchise. And I want to throw it to Dylan first. So. I am the most unqualified person probably to uh, be talking about this topic uh, because I have not a ton of experience with uh, Zelda. Go ahead and send your angry emails to Joe at levelplayingfieldgaming.com to let him know (laughs) that he is a better gamer than I am. Um, But uh, so I've played... A little bit of Ocarina of Time. I've played a little bit of Wind Waker. I've played all the way through Twilight Princess. And I've played a chunk of uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, but a that's sliver. I mean, I have gotten like a quarter of the way through that game. Maybe close to like a third of the way through the game. But the nature of that game for me since it's like just kind of like throws you out in the world and is like hey go do whatever has not led to me being very focused in that game um so i have not beat it so pretty much most of my experience with uh the characters from legend of zelda are gonna come from twilight princess or like super smash brothers maybe a little bit of mario kart sometimes i'm link in uh in mario kart but that that's that's where most of my uh experience is going to come from so when you were reading that you know synopsis there it's been a while since i've played twilight princess but uh yeah i didn't get any of that from uh the story of twilight princess (laughs) so no yeah a lot of that is more like what we're watching now with uh, ocarina mm -hmm. ocarina and then there's uh, there's a good bit of that in wind waker too Mm -hmm. yeah so, but yeah, it's it's one of those game series that like I know about because you can't really be interested in the gaming space and not at least have heard of and seen a lot of like Zelda stuff and you know, 
I definitely appreciate everything that it's done for video games. And it still blows my mind every time I see Ocarina of Time that that was running on like an N64. Um, but uh, other than that, that's like pretty much like most of my experience is just sort of anecdotal. Caleb? Yes. What about you? So uh, I like this series a lot. Is the, 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 the probably the first thing I need to say? It is literally my favorite video game series. We owned when I was tiny, tiny infant. We had a Super Nintendo already, and my parents had a copy of uh, Link to the Past, and I sucked at it. I could not get very far. Didn't know what I was doing. I was like three, and it was a game that, unlike Mario, asked you to like think critically and like. Not just on, like, a, how do you solve this puzzle, but, like, this is a story. You are this kid. What do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. Do I hit something? Can I hit something? Is that an option? Uh, so I did not actually play Link to the Past that much at first. But when I got a little bit older, we uh, would occasionally rent, uh, you know, this is back in the era of video stores. We would rent for our N64 Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And I didn't get as into them as I would later. I ended up getting the Zelda Collector's Edition GameCube that came with like Zelda 1, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and Ocarina and Majora. Uh, and that's when I'd really get into them. But I was still like very intrigued by like, this is very different than all my other N64 games. You know, Super Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64 are these sort of like platformer, very lighthearted kind of things. And then there's this game that's like, Demon King is going to take over the world and you have to stop him and save a princess and fight through all these distant lands. And I'm like, oh, all right, that's a lot. But yeah, I by the GameCube era, I was more or less fully on board and I had I I eventually just ended up buying every single Legend of Zelda game available in North America. The only one I don't have the only two I don't have are the two most recent ones, which are the Link's Awakening remake and the um, Age of Calamity Hyrule Warriors thing. And that's just because I've been so busy lately, I haven't had a chance to pick them up. But I've heard very good things about both. Uh, they both look right. I, I, I adore the series. Like, in my top five favorite video games of all time, there are two Zelda games. It's, it's a series I have a lot of fondness for. I'm wearing a Wind Waker shirt. Like, that's <laughs> a very nice Hawaiian Wind Waker shirt. Yeah, I... Uh, I grew up right alongside Caleb so we I, my experience with a lot of with the N64 games is playing them with Caleb and Alex like that was just what we did uh and so the I'm first time I ever beat Ocarina of Time was with you and Alex like we all just yeah. like sat down over the course of like a couple weekends and are like we're going to work our way through this thing as a team basically yeah, and that's what we did. We swapped it out based on who was getting too tired and frustrated. All right, next guy, come in, pick up where we yeah. where we left off because we didn't have the internet or or like walkthroughs or anything at that time. It was just kind of like beat your head against the wall and figure it out. But Alex always think, fought the bosses. I remember that. Yeah, Alex was the boss guy. I think my first Zelda game that I like owned my own and just put a bunch of time in by myself was uh, Wind Waker mm -hmm. because, like I said. Uh, Ocarina, Majora's Mask, that kind of stuff. That was a lot of stuff we did together. But Wind Waker was the one that I scoured. I played that game so much that when I went back and replayed it, uh, when you let me borrow your Wii U, 
you know, a few years ago and I replayed the HD remaster, I was shocked at how quickly and how small that game really is because I put so much time into it as a kid that it just, I was like, oh, well, I've already, I'm already like at this part. Like, Yeah, no, it is part of the reason I really love Wind Waker is it's not, it's not a difficult one to revisit at all. You just throw it on, you're like, all right, I beat it in like three days. Yeah. <laughs> so... So that was the that was one but like by the time I was playing Wind Waker I already loved the series. I loved everything about it. The the elf hero, the princess, the castles, the monsters, the magic, the swords. Like that just the setting, everything about it spoke to me and the the action mixed with the puzzles of the dungeons was just that was the perfect gameplay for me. Oh yeah. And it also was one of those er- the earliest games I played that had like mood to it like it was like mystical at times it was like do you remember how like as a kid you know you look at it now it's like n64 graphics sure but as a kid some of those sections in ocarina were terrifying like they were just the stupid wall masters man those those are those were not fun yeah redeads terrified me into my teens um yeah yep they were they're just genuinely even in um twilight princess there are just some spooky parts. <laughs> my my sister is playing through Ocarina of Time right now. Like she's uh, at the water temple, and she, when she first got to the adult link section, I was at work or something, and she texts me. She's like, "Read deads. Those still those are still kind of creepy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. You never you always forget until you're right there with them, and then they just scream at you, and you're like, ah, I don't like yeah. that.' It's the scream and the fact that Link can't move. It just it's like, oh god, this is awful. Aubrey, what about you? I feel like you're kind of right there with us, maybe a few years behind, just being my younger sibling. Yeah. I mean, I have distinct memories of watching you guys play it and and contributing to the puzzle solving somewhat. Back in the day, it was good to have as many eyes on it as you could, because you never know who's going to approach it from a different angle. Exactly. That was Dad's contribution. <laughs> Look up. <laughs> if, you're ever, if you're ever stuck somewhere. Yeah, look up. There's probably a hook shot, a little target somewhere up there. For as much as you put into Wind Waker, I also had a save file on that, but because you put obsessive hours into it, I did not. Not to the degree you did. Like, you monopolized it. It was your GameCube. It's understandable. By the time Twilight Princess rolled around, I (laughs) was a little more assertive about, like, getting my turn. I remember being, like, a solid zone zone and a half behind you as we played through twilight princess like i had my own save file my own thing yeah and i mean i was well twilight princess came out in what oh five oh six oh six oh six yeah i was 11 i was an 11 year old girl and you could turn into a wolf like <laughs> of course and you quote unquote start the game with epona so you know I was never really much of a horse girl, but every girl has their phase. I liked the darker tone. I liked the quote. <laughs> it's very realistic for its day, the fighting on Sword Oh, yeah. Back. It, yeah. Especially coming after Wind Waker is like, mm-hmm. oh, these are like real graphics now. Like, yeah. we're done with that cartoony <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Which I am currently borrowing Joe's GameCube and I think playing our original copy of Twilight Princess. And 
Those realistic graphics, man. Well, yeah, it, they don't um, like the the GameCube version. I'm sure struggles on like modern TVs. Like the the HD remaster yeah. probably helps smooth some of that stuff out at least. Yeah, and as I like get into playing it, it's like yeah, you definitely weren't meant to be played on this TV. Everything's a little bit blown out and stretched out, but it's not <laughs> bad. Yeah. Like it's it, it's not great, but it doesn't fundamentally take away from the quality of the core gameplay. So yeah, Twilight Princess was my was my big love. I've we were we've been rearranging a lot of furniture in the house and the old player's guide for Twilight Princess turned up. So I may be diving back book. into that. Yeah. <laughs> List yeah. all the po locations, all the various little side quests and stuff you can do. It's yeah. So then from there, I mean what, Skyward Sword came out? Never beat it. Um, yeah, that that was 2011. There, there's usually like a five-year gap between yeah. Zelda's. Breath of the Wild came out. I didn't have a Switch at the time. Um, kind of let it ride. And then I got my Switch, and I started it, and I haven't made it out of the starting zone because I needed like a touch more structure in my games than what Breath of the Wild provides. I know for a lot of people that's a major selling point, but for me it's like, I have to make decisions. <laughs> like, you couldn't at least... Mark a few more things on my map, but I'm sure we'll get into that as we go through the games proper. Oh yeah, and then Joe, you uh, you don't really play Zelda games, but you play a lot of Dark Siders, so you can kind of talk about what's going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically Dylan. I, I never <laughs> finished a game. Uh, I've played. I think I might be runner up to Caleb because I've played. Almost all of the handhelds except Spirit Tracks and I guess Phantom Hourglass. But Zelda was like the first real game I ever played, I think. I walked into a GameStop when I was like six or seven and they had a used copy of Oracle of Ages that I, I spent my allowance money on. And it took took me a long time to actually beat it because I was like six and it's a very puzzle heavy game and I needed to walk through and this was back in the day when like couldn't just get on the internet you had to like wait for one of your parents to sit down and then ask them to look it up for you and like it was a whole thing you didn't just have information right there so yeah I played Oracle of Ages Oracle of Seasons I played Link's Awakening Link to the Past I think one of those I actually had and the other one I played through an emulator uh, and then I've played Minish Cap. Yeah, Minish Cap. Uh, I really liked Minish Cap. I think that one gets forgotten when they talk about the the, the great Zelda games, especially if you talk about like, the older era, the not non three D ones. Almost everyone talks about either Link's Awakening or Link to the Past, which is understandable because those did come out on consoles and then were later released on handhelds. Whereas Minish Cap was only ever on handhelds. I've not beat Minish Cap, but I played a good chunk of it, and it's it's good. Like it's a that's that's a fun one. Yeah, I, I I've played it a couple of times, not as much as Oracle of Ages and Seasons, but still really liked it. And then I've I've played Wind Waker and Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild. I think like the really only major ones I haven't played are ocarina and majora and i'm I'm discounting skyward sword because i i haven't heard skyward sword ever really talked about so 
I, I don't have any FOMO for not ever ever owning that like enhanced precision attachment that they sold for the Wii and that like you needed to play Skyward Sword. I've never been like, oh man, I really wish I like could have had that. We're we're gonna talk about it when the remaster comes out because I'm gonna replay it. But I think Skyward Sword did some really cool stuff with their dungeons and puzzles and stuff. They just Real, honestly, really, what it was was the Wii. The Wii ruined that game because it was forced motion controls and the fact that the Wii was just like insignificant hardware. So they had there was a lot of backtracking and reusing of stuff because they had to make it work on the Wii. See, I don't agree. I think it was. I think it's just an overstuffed port. Like. There's some really good stuff, and you're right, the dungeons, there's some clever things in there, but I think that game's main downfall is that, like, it's padded. Like, not even, it's probably, like, three times as long as Ocarina, about a time and a half longer than um, Twilight Princess, and it doesn't need to be. Like, there's a point in that game where you're like, I'd like to be finished, please, and it's like, here's more stuff, Just do, just do more quests, more stuff, it's fine, it's, just keep going. So I'll be yeah. interested to replay it when it when the HD thing drops, but uh, that that one's my least favorite 3D Zelda. It's I haven't played it since it originally came out, and I do remember it being long and there being a lot of backtracking. But like, I feel like they reused a bunch of stuff because they didn't want to remake new stuff on the Wii. But I, I'm I'll be curious to replay it with the eye I have for games now versus what I had back then and see, you know, how it holds up and what they do. I know it's going to be rough going back after breath of the wild, no matter what you do, but especially since it was like a half step there, like they were doing a a lot of the, they were introducing some of those mechanics in skyward sword. The stamina meter made its first appearance and then breath of the wild was wisely like, what if you can improve that? So eventually it doesn't run out like, that that'd be nice yeah i played some of skyward sword i think this is why i have some hesitance on breath of the wild like why i'm not giving it a solid shake is because a lot of the stuff that they pulled from skyward sword i didn't like in skyward sword yeah the 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 stamina thing is interesting because in in skyward part of the reason why no one liked it is because a they tied it to everything like pushing blocks you know, a normal Zelda function was tied to stamina. And that was like, that's too much. And also, like I said, in Skyward, you can't really upgrade it. The amount of stamina you have, if I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong, but you either can't change it or if you can increase it, it's by degrees. Well, in Breath of the Wild, you can you can uh, make sure you have enough stamina to basically run a 5K if you want to. Like, you can you can fix that pretty easily. But yeah. Yeah. also in Breath of the Wild, you can climb anything, and that's helpful. Yeah, Breath of the Wild definitely fixed and addressed any kind of issues that Skyward Sword had. Anything that made you go, oh, this kind of sucks. In Skyward Sword, they made it better or flexible or manageable or just downright fun in Breath of the Wild. So Speaking of that, I guess let's transition real quick. Uh, Breath of the Wild is the Zelda game that shook up the formula. Breath of the Wild is the game that made it straight up open world. You could tackle it in any directions. There were no 
elemental themed dungeons. They they leaned into the stamina. They let you climb anything. They introduced a ton of systems, weather systems and stuff that all worked with each other. You can't climb a rock when it's wet. Your metal swords will electrocute you in the lightning. Just crazy game. If you're listening to this episode, you've probably listened to our Breath of the Wild episode because it is the like number one downloaded episode by a like huge margin of our <laughs> of our podcast. So I don't I feel like I don't have to really explain what this game is, but I was curious for those of you that have played it, especially that have been with the series for a while. And and Dylan, you can definitely chime in too with your experience, but how did you feel about those changes? What do you do you th- I personally think that it was a much needed breath of fresh air. And it's crazy when I heard you say earlier, Caleb, that it's like five years between mainline Zelda games, but it's still, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through the dungeons. I'm going to hit like a midway point where I either get bigger or get the master sword or like something happens significant. And I'm going to get the same items that allow me to solve the same kind of puzzles. Whereas breath of the wild just kind of flipped that all on its head. And it did a lot of stuff that in some other games, isn't brand new. Like, Climbing is a Ubisoft thing with Assassin's Creed. Actually, and some of the stuff Breath of the Wild was doing, Ubisoft had also started doing in like Assassin's Creed Origins pretty heavily, uh, where you, if you see it, you can go there kind of thing. But for Zelda, just it felt so fresh with like just that right twinge and hint of nostalgia that I thought it just hit that that right note. Caleb, you're chomping at the bit, so give us your thoughts. Well, I have to throw out two things. One, any longtime listeners of our show know that I don't normally like open world games. Like, they're just not my cup of tea. They're usually too big. They usually have too much going on. I get bored with trying to figure out, like, okay, I want to play the main quest, but I also have to go do some side stuff. And I just, I get tired and usually just call it a day. I'm a much bigger fan of, like, hub and spoke stuff and, like, the classic Zelda formula of you have your overworld, but it's basically just a hub and spoke system where it's like you have your little spot and you go to the dungeon, you do the stuff there. Each dungeon's a fairly self-contained like story with stuff going on. And then you leave, come back, go to the next one, whatever. At the time I was very, very skeptical of the big open world. Zelda. I was excited because it's a new Zelda. And like, even the, like I already said, Skyward Sword was my least favorite Zelda. And I thought so basically right after I beat it, I was like, yeah, didn't love that as much. I still like pre-ordered the game and played it for a solid week. Like it it just that was all I did for a good week or so was just it's the new Zelda game. It's like this is this is something that only happens once every 5 years. It's my favorite franchise. I'm pumped. So clearly the new big HD Zelda game, I was like, I'll give it a shot. I'm not nuts about a lot of these stuff. Uh I think you're right. It was much needed. Um as much as I don't think they should like i think they should be able to go back to the old zelda formula as they desire like i don't think they should only make breath of the wild style games from now on they should be able to pick and choose like let's pursue this direction let's make a more old school one whatever they want to do i think they should use it and i still find a lot of fun in that classic formula i do also think skyward was showing that like we know what to expect it's kind of hitting diminishing returns especially as both twilight and skyward basically wanted to be ocarina of time again like there is this weird thing the series has where it just really 
really wants to remake Ocarina of Time. So I think something that went off in its own entirely different direction was much needed. And I think the reason I love it, it is my favorite video game of all time. And I realized that I was so I was playing through it and I was a little annoyed with it because I'm like, I need to be more objective here. But dang it, this is doing everything I want a video game to do is that the little things are fun. The stupid small things are fun. The you're you're right. The climbing up towers, the go if you can see it, you can do it. Ubisoft had been doing that. Elder Scrolls had been doing not the tower climbing, but the kind of like, hey, that mountain off in the distance, you can go there. You know, it might be a little janky, but you can like <laughs> go basically anywhere you can see in Skyrim, you can walk in that direction and you'll get to it within reason. Like there's a other people have done that the thing zelda did was it had that uh nintendo magic of at their best where it was just like yeah but it's fun to do like it's fun i i as dylan said the game that's that unfocused you know you don't make a whole lot of progress there were days where i was just like i know what i'm supposed to be doing next for the plot like the game just like okay the next section like the next land with dungeon and plot stuff is over there and i'm like yeah but that over there looks neat. I'm just going to go screw around and see what's over there. And sometimes nothing. And sometimes a bunch of things. And, you know, you do the same 12 to 15 different things there are to do, but you'd have a blast every time. The The key for me was a story they told while they were developing. Shigeru Miyamoto was checking in because this is their big new game. And Shigeru Miyamoto at this point is like, he's not in charge of Breath of the Wild, but he's overseeing a bunch of Nintendo projects and he's checking in with them. They're like, they gave him a playtest demo and they're like, he spent an hour climbing up trees in the starting area. That's all, that's all he did is he just (laughs) said, screwed around is like climbing trees, picking apples. And he's like, this is fun. This is good. Okay. You guys are doing well. Just the fact that they're making those little things of like, in a lot of other games, like uh, Witcher, for example, which I need to get back on as I do with many other ones, but like gathering supplies gathering things same as a lot of other open world games ghost of tsushima is the same way sure whatever like i'll grab them if i see them but i'm not gonna go like out of my way unless i have to for a quest to just like hunting down some little speck somewhere in the wilderness of whatnot breath of the wild with its cooking system i'm like ooh, i can use that and i can grab that and i can do this and then i can get this and i can actually dye my clothes or actually i can upgrade one of these like it was it was fun to just play around with stuff and see what would happen. Like the fact that you could shoot a deer and it would get, get you meat that you could use to cook with. But if you shot it in like the frozen wastelands, you only had a couple minutes, like a, a few seconds to pick it up after the deer died or then it would freeze because the cold would just like basically like put the meat on ice and then you couldn't mix it with other ingredients. Same thing if you killed it near a volcano, it would cook automatically and you can't like cook with cooked meat you have to use raw meat to cook so it's just all these different systems coming into play it it was a lot of fun it was still kept to me the core zelda experience it had that kind of fantasy feeling it had this world and the characters i really liked and it still did have the dungeons it changed the dungeons a lot with the because there are no key items in this one that was actually the big secret thing it's like yeah, you get basically any important things you need towards the start, and then everything else is scavenged. Uh, there is right. no hookshot. There is no. There are boomerangs, but they're just laying around, and they're like you use them until they break, like everything else. There, there's none of that key important item stuff. So the dungeons are instead built around these sort of puzzle box kind of things. Uh, I still. I, dug I wouldn't it up even a bit. call them dungeons. 
I'm I'm specifically talking about the the divine beasts. Divine beasts. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call those dungeons. Those were dungeons. They're those, dungeons. No, those. I mean, th- those not... were like we call them dungeons for like loose equivalents because it's like, well, that's the closest thing they map to in like a different Zelda game, but. It was just, okay, go in here, walk into every room, solve the puzzle, go fight the boss. Which you could, if you wanted to be reductionist, like cut down every other Zelda dungeon to that. But Zelda dungeons really are much more like Zelda dungeons are the game. And in Breath of the Wild, the like divine beasts were like, hey, you can come do this like 30 minute side activity if you want to. I mean, that's fair, but you can also, in Breath of the Wild, everything up to and including the main plot was like a side activity. Like it, that- Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way it is in that game. I just, like, to call them dungeons, I think, overstates, like, I, I can the, see what meat, you mean. the meat to those. Dungeons implies there's more meat on the bones versus you can come into this elephant and, like, rotate some sections and then fight a boss. <laughs> see i i see what you mean but like to me the dungeons don't denote just like oh this is like the meat of the game it's like what kind of experience are you having uh mark brown did uh that's game makers toolkit on youtube did uh boss keys which was a series all about exploring legend of zelda dungeons and like kind of mapping how they worked and the zelda mainline zelda dungeons broke down in a lot of different ways the thing that made the divine beasts interesting as the closest equivalent to a dungeon is there wasn't the variance there is. Basically, every dungeon was more or less the water dungeon uh, from Ocarina of Time, where it's just like you have one one space and you're just basically poking around, finding out what you can do to manipulate the space to get you to where you yeah, need to be. Yeah, right, right. Trying to shift the the whole thing to yeah. get to your end goal, yeah. Whereas in previous Zelda games, they had stuff like that, like the water dungeon, like the water, the the dungeon that's kind of a water dungeon in uh, Skyward Sword. Uh, I feel like the, it does usually end up being the water dungeon. It wasn't, uh, Majora's Masks are a little more varied where that was Snowhead and their version of the water dungeon, but where it's like, it's kind of one big space with little rooms and you're just kind of figuring out how to get to where you need to go. But then the older Zelda games also had like, the uh the fire temple where it's like you just sort of like navigate your way through this maze or most of the dungeons in wind waker were kind of a just keep going forward you all you you just have to solve each room as it comes to you yeah it makes sense when you say that you you, there were no key items because that does kind of limit you dylan what did what did you think just about your time with Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is probably my favorite Zelda game just because I really like just exploration in games and that is what in my opinion breath of the wild does best it's just fun because around. yeah it's it that's basically the game like you go through a little bit of like semi-tutorialized stuff right at the very beginning and then it's kind of just like hey you're up on a mountain you see everything over there you can go there and then it's just kind of like all right hands off now like yeah go, go, go there go do what you want which like i said you know that's for for me and how I play games and how my brain works, like is maybe not the best for me actually ever completing the game, but it is what I do like to do in like a game. Like uh, I have occasional gripes about like the game, like the every weapon breaking thing is 
understandable, but also like kind of annoying to some extent, just because it's like I'd I'd much rather just have like progressively better gear that doesn't break or that you could repair. And maybe there is that system in the game and I just haven't gotten deep enough in. But yeah, I, overall, though, it's I, I do like the game a lot. Uh, it's I I like the older school zelda stuff that i have played mostly just twilight princess but from you know like what i've watched of ocarina and what i've played of ocarina and and that sort of thing too but like i I don't i like i don't mind it being a little bit more like railroaded and like less open world but like i said being a huge fan of exploration in games like that was like pretty much most of my experience with the game is just kind of like, hey, I can see something over there. I'm going to kind of just like walk over there and see what it is and, you know, try to complete whatever little puzzle thing it is. And I like accidentally like wandered my way through the like mermaid people and fought the elephant thing and whatever. <laughs> I don't care about the lore <laughs> at all. Um, so, but like uh... that's. I didn't get there because I was trying to go there, I guess, is my point. Like, I got there because, like, I was just exploring the world and wound up there, which is really cool. And I, the world of Zelda, I think, is just a very cool, like, story build, world building type of thing. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can just stumble upon and learn about the world. Now, I didn't get that three goddesses did something and whatever but just like learn looking around and finding out like okay they built these like mech spider things and they used them to fight ganon but then he was somehow able to take over them and like kind of piecing that together as you continued to like go on was really cool so yeah the the story of breath of the wild is non-traditional as well it is the- there and i have to say i do like it a good bit like i like the characters i think it it's either Breath of the Wild, Zelda, or Tetra as my favorite version of Princess Zelda. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's for close. sure. But I like you were talking about. You didn't get anything about the goddesses and all that kind of stuff. Like, all of that is very heavy-handed in like Ocarina and some of the other games. But Breath of the Wild is very much not only are you uncovering the story as you go, somewhat like a Souls game, but not quite as obtuse. But also, it's telling a slightly different version of that story it's or or just a different story altogether the whole link being asleep for a hundred years kind of thing isn't really touched on in other games in that way how it is it's obvious link is like a reincarnation of the hero in like every game but this is like the same link fell asleep and now is waking up well it's the same link who basically lost he failed yeah that's the story hook for breath of the wild is because they they've got their whole like extended timeline of like how the games feed into each other like there is there is a progression and there are separate timelines based on like i think this specifically the big breaking point is because of ocarina of time like they just pretend oracle of ages doesn't exist when it comes to time manipulation and ocarina because of the different timelines they basically split that out into like well what happened each of these three and it's the exact same story of like Link shows up one day, Ganon's getting more powerful, Link beats Ganon, the end. But Breath of the Wild, I think, is a far prequel 
No, far. It's either far, like far before or far far after. after. Yeah. After. Okay. Far far detached from the other timelines where the deal is that it's the same cycle and they know Ganon's gonna wake up, and but this time Link can't stop him, so he goes into stasis for a hundred years to be woken up when like it's time to try again. The other thing that's interesting about Breath of the Wild is how melancholy and like depressing and sad like they lean into that kind of sadness that link failed and that everybody's depressed and zelda's captured whereas wind waker has just as depressing of a story as far as what happened to the world but it's so much more comical and silly and goofy in tone up until like the last i don't think the world is as scarred like yeah it's flooded it's completely gone well it's it's gone but it's like you don't see that like you're you just like you oh go we're down into we're, we're just island people but you go underwater and you but that's re-awaken. like just link like breath well, of the yeah, wild you're yeah. living in a post-disaster right. world yeah, everyone's like yeah. yeah we don't go more than a hundred yards out of town because that's where the craters and the monsters are yep there's you can find a flooded wrecked village in breath of the wild that kind of that was like a nice kind of melancholy moment as you said the one that wrecked me is when you get closer to hyrule castle in Breath of the Wild, which is like the center point of the map, that's where you need to go to beat the game. But you know, you can't, you shouldn't really go until you're strong enough. You can go whenever, but you're gonna get murdered. But you can actually find like the markings of what was once Lawn Lawn Ranch just outside, like the the castle town. Like you can find the spot where it used to be, and you can kind of see the outlines and the broken pieces of the stables. And it's like, oh, okay, that yeah. was. That hurt. There is, by the way, I know we have to move on from Breath of the Wild. I'll just shout out uh, Filmjoy, a YouTube channel, did a wonderful 40 minute long. Here's why Breath of the Wild is great. And it kind of gets into that sort of melancholy feeling and like how it correlates to I want to say it was the Edo period in Japanese history and how it's kind of a reflection of some of those things and what it's drawing from. Really good. Highly recommended it to anyone who's like, I like Breath of the Wild. Is there like a deeper dive I can do into some of the thematic stuff? Uh, Film Joy movies with Mikey, uh, Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece is the name of the video. So, you know, no bias there. Now, Aubrey, you haven't put a lot of time into Breath of the Wild. So I'm going to use this as a segue into all of us kind of talking about what our favorite games in the series are. We already know Caleb's, I think. Yeah. But giving you the microphone. It's Link's crossbow training. (laughs) (laughs) What uh, what is your favorite game i i think i could probably guess it but yeah it's it's twilight princess yeah for all the like angsty reasons you talked about earlier partially i think it was also it was the first legend of zelda that i could sink my teeth into properly i was old enough to participate i got to have my own save file i kind of understood what was going on i didn't have to hand the controller to you to get through some of the harder parts. Like it was very much my own experience. I like the story. I like the characters in it. I think they're, they're a nice blend of like relatable and, but also like equally kind of absurd. Like you meet some weird characters in this. You meet some weird characters in any Zelda game, but shopkeep baby. Yes. Like shopkeep the mailman. <laughs> The mailman. We're just going to act like Tingle doesn't exist? Is that really what we're doing I here? I mean, he ranks <laughs> up there, but the he's, mailman's he's too just obvious. this stranger that comes sprinting up to you in short shorts and like a crop top. He's like, I got the mail for you. 
He's got like a flag. Like, you know who to his I am, Uku. She's pretty weird. Oh, uh, the chicken thing. Yeah, yeah. Unless you warp out of the dungeon and her weird floaty head of a son. Although that hurt the temple, the dungeon that like involves her and her people is one of the cooler dungeons yep. in the the like late mm-hmm. game of of uh, Twilight Princess. Yeah, that that kingdom up in the sky. Mm-hmm. I liked the temple mechanics. They were. I never got like truly horrendously stumped. There's the like I would, <laughs> like I would eventually when I tried to play Ocarina of Time, and forget Majora's Mask. Yeah, I just it it came to me at the right time, and I really sunk my teeth into it. I poked around. I dug up everything I could. We got the player's guide so I could reference everything and be sure I got everything. And it was just like a nice thing to do in the evenings. Like mom and dad would watch me play and dad would offer advice. Like dad was my me, which was really cool. Like it was one of the first times that happened, that person watching and then contributing ideas or puzzle solvings or telling me to look up. Look up. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for just like tone and art style and all that that mm-hmm. kind of stuff as well. Like, you know. It was that same no kind of Zelda high fantasy has, adventure that I always liked. Well, yeah, and uh Twilight Princess is still probably one of the more gritty style Zelda games that we've had so far and I feel like, you know, if that was what you were into, the rest of them have been a little bit more cartoony, cel-shaded, stylized. Yeah, even if they are, they're not like uh, Wind Waker, obviously, but still Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, they all kind of have that art style that's a little bit less grounded. Saying yeah. that any Zelda game is grounded is, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch. Well, and I feel like had I been a few years older and had come across Ocarina of Time at that age and like played it like I played Twilight Princess. It yeah, might it rank up there as a favorite because they have a pretty similar tone, like quasi-realness, dark sort of destiny stuff. Small, like, kind of outsider gets dragged into the bigger conflict. Looking back on it now as an adult who understands, like, story and theme and plot, I do understand why some people were upset that they seem to kind of underutilize Zant and made Ganon kind of this weird floaty force of evil that shows up at the end to just be like oh yeah i'm actually the main antagonist yeah but i wouldn't change a thing dylan what about you throwing it to you since you have limited Um, experience probably my favorite would be breath of the wild just out i mean i really did also like twilight princess but my own i don't know um if you had asked like kid me teenage me it definitely would have been twilight princess um right now having been playing games for years and years and years longer and kind of like refining what i like about games a little bit more to like figuring out a little bit better what i'm looking for in a game i would say breath of the wild just because again the the exploration aspects of it i i really like the art style that was my main turnoff from wind waker was i just couldn't get over 
the art style. I do not like it. Um, and then a lot of the older games are just like old game is old. But I hit Twilight Princess at the right time because it was new when I got it. And I had a lot of fun. I liked being able to turn into the wolf. That was cool. But I, I would say Breath of the Wild is still at, at this juncture, probably the one that I like the best. And uh, you mentioned earlier, just kind of like sort of the Dark Souls vibes that you can sometimes get from Zelda games. And you can, I can definitely see the influence that like from soft games and a lot of other games that I like and enjoy have drawn from Zelda, Zelda games and Breath of the Wild feels most similar to a lot of those to me anyway. Um, for like what I'm looking for in those games. So, Joe, what about you? What do you think your favorite Zelda game is? Uh, probably Breath of the Wild. I, I like I like the old handhelds, but it's it's hard to stack them up against Breath of the Wild overall because Breath of the Wild has as an attention to detail, and they're they're just they're kind of different time, different place, different intention. But if I had to pick one, Breath of the Wild is kind of the undisputed. You know, it realizes the vision of Zelda. I mean, well, apart from like, there's a whole fundamental shift in how they approach dungeons. But like overall, the overall tone and spirit of the game, I think, realizes like the the original vision and kind of what all of the games are trying to go for in such a way that like none of the other games had ever gotten close to. Yeah, what I think just a what would your pick for handheld because I, I i agree with you i think it's tough to like when you're talking about like something that was on a ds or a game boy advance or something like that i think it is hard to hold that up in an, and compare it fairly to like a breath of the wild or or any of the other sort of mainline on the console zeldas so what yeah i would what would be the best one of those i would give it to i think oracle of seasons ages was good but Ages struggles just a little bit because the you're constantly going backwards and forwards in time and you can do it kind of on demand, but it's not really on demand, at least not until late in the game. And so it can get a little cerebral and hard to keep track of, especially for the kids that the game is targeted at. But or Oracle of Seasons has the same kind of mechanic where you are using a key item to drastically change the landscape like what you would do is you would cycle sleep like the entire overworld basically came in like four flavors there was you know summer fall winter spring you would cycle through all the seasons they had an entire underground area so it was like a, a decently large world but wasn't like too hard to approach like if you needed to change the seasons you would just you would go up to a jump up on a stump and then like swing the rod to change the seasons where um and if you got it wrong, well, you would just go back to that same stump and try again. It was a little more straightforward, I think a little more approachable for kids. Whereas Oracle of Ages had this whole thing where you're like, you could only change between timelines at like certain points initially. So you're like, okay, I need to go to like this screen, change timelines. Okay, now go run back over here to this other screen, go do the thing. Right? Like it quickly became a lot, especially in the later dungeons where you would have to like go backwards and forwards in time it mid dungeon which meant leaving the entire dungeon um and as anyone who's ever like if you ever quit a Zelda dungeon halfway through a session and then like tried to come back it's terrible 
Like you have no idea what's going on, like what anything is. And then here's a dungeon that is telling you to do that multiple times in the middle of trying to complete it. So I like the idea, but Seasons edged it out in the end. Were the were the Oracle games the Capcom ones? Yes. Those two and um, uh, Minish Cap are all Capcom. Okay, that that's what I thought. I was just clarifying there. Yeah, kind of going off uh, what you guys are saying, Breath of the Wild, I think, is undisputedly the best Zelda game, like, objectively at this point, but Wind Waker's still my favorite. Like, taking nostalgia into consideration, I love the art style, I love the humor, I love Snot Kid, I love the farting pigs, I love the pig enemies, <laughs> the Maggie and the pig guy falling in love. I love the final fight with Ganon and how like ridiculously epic it was and didn't need to be. It just, I liked the setting, you know, sailing on the open seas, the pirate theme of it all. I thought great music too. Like I love oh, fantastic music. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that, you know, it's far and away it, the best. It definitely, it had the, the bull crap in the second half with collecting the Triforce shards and the charts and tingle and all that. And it had a lot of, uh, backtracking and stuff, a lot of stuff that they kind of made better with the remake or remaster, but just the nostalgia of it all and just how drastically different that game is compared to the other like mainline 3D console games. I think that one, it takes the cake for me. But like Breath of the Wild, like I'll never forget the moment where I saw a dragon. And you didn't expect flying. to see it? And yeah, it's just flying in the sky next to me as I'm crossing this bridge. And it was, just, it was just there. I didn't have to kill it. I didn't have to hunt it. It wasn't there for, as a boss. It wasn't a quest. It was just part of the world. And I was I just... I think I texted you or messaged you, Caleb, and I was like, what, is, what even is going on in this game? Because I got my Switch later than you, and so I was playing it after it had been out for a while. But just it the way Breath of the Wild touched on nostalgia, but also did so many things new for the franchise, I think that it, it's fantastic. And obviously, all of us who have played the first one and beaten it are very highly anticipating Breath of the Wild too. but I feel like pretty much everybody is excited to see what that game ends up being. Uh, clearly, it's Breath of the Wild. I mentioned before, my second favorite, the other one that's on the top five list is also Wind Waker, because again, I, I also love the pirates. I love the art style. I love that entire sweeping world. I love the characters. Like, uh, like I said, it's between uh, Breath of the Wild Zelda and Tetra from Wind Waker is my favorite version of Princess Zelda. Just like delightful cast of characters all the way through. I do have to give a shout out, though. Third place goes to Majora's Mask. I that game is doing stuff I've never seen another video game do, and I think it really does some fascinating, fascinating stuff. So I I don't know. Everything I actually own a reorchestrated soundtrack for that on vinyl, just because it's there's there's some good eerie like it 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 is essentially a metaphor for the five stages of grief, but it's all it's I don't know. As a time travel nerd, I love what that game's doing with its idea of like a kind of quasi dark fantasy groundhog day it's it, i love it i consistently have music from zelda just pop up in my head like 
from Majora's Mask and like the Clock Tower and different songs from Ocarina and then Wind Waker, of course, because you know you have the Wind Waker and all that. I just have those little jingles just like pop in my head. If I was a TikToker, I'd be like, you know, one of those things that lives rent free or whatever. Yep. But uh, uh, when I'm my too old for that. When my sister uh, was play, like I said, she is in the middle of replaying Ocarina of Time, and when she got to uh, the Fire Temple the bit right in front of it where you get the, you know, song and she gets to that bridge. I'm like, all right, hang on, hang on. Be quiet. This is like one of the best songs in the game. I love this bit. The Bolero of Fire. Like, it's just mm-hmm. some good, good stuff. So does anybody have anything that they want to mention before we close this one out on Zelda as a whole anything they want to put as like final closing thoughts on the the franchise uh i don't mine is more so just a question of um so we're recording this with the hopes that Nintendo maybe does something cool like they did for Mario's anniversary even though like kind of how they did Mario's anniversary was questionable. But I guess my question would be, what do you guys, since all of you are way more versed in Zelda than I am, what do you guys hope to see for the Zelda anniversary? Or what would you like to see for the Zelda anniversary? And we can kind of see, I guess, when this comes out, how close we were to that. But All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I want to see the I want to see the Wii U HD remakes come to Switch of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, and then I would love to see some sort of a version or remake of a remake for uh, Majora's Masks and Ocarina of Time come to Switch. Basically, I want to be able to access the majority of the mainline games on Switch, and outside of that, I'm just hoping we get a concrete date or more information on Breath of the Wild too. Yeah, I'm just going to second what Andrew said. That's explicitly like, if they do a remake or a remaster of Ocarina and Majora's Mask and then port Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, by the end of the year, every main 3D Zelda game will be playable on Switch. And that would be neat. Like, it would be nice to be able to access all of them from the same console. Um, I'll go a step further, and I would like to see... uh, Serious attempts made at getting some of the old handheld Zelda games, like the 2D Zelda games, because I think you can get Zelda 1 and Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link on the NES Online, and I think Link to the Past is on their Super Nintendo Online, which means the only other 2D Zeldas that you can't get your hands on easily are the mainly the Capcom Zelda games, because they have the Link's Awakening remake. Uh, so I would like to see... Even if it was just like a little collection of like Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, and Minish Cap, as well as uh, Four Swords Adventures. I'd like to see a port of Four Swords Adventures. That would be cool. That was a simple, fun, uh, multiplayer Zelda game for the GameCube that I would have dug to see. I think they could port it to Switch in an interesting way, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, mine was pretty much just a second of yours. They... They did the kind of remaster of Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a while since that's been available on a current console. I personally am 
very intimidated by Majora's Mask, but it, I, yeah, it'd be cool to see all the 3D ones make it. It would be, it would be really cool if because the Switch is kind of almost a handheld console, and for all the Switch Lite players, for them to bring those handhelds to the Switch, the technology's right there. I would even love to see jumping off your point i know they won't but it'd be neat if they took the engine they had for the Link's awakening remake and remade oracle of ages and seasons with that that would be neat yeah Yeah. they won't but that would be neat yeah as for what i think they'll actually do (laughs) that wasn't the question (laughs) that was part of the question they'll put out two and just charge full price for each of them (laughs) you're getting skyward sword yeah you're getting skyward sword and you're getting they already have the special edition amiibo that's out and joy con Um, yep joy cons some stickers i don't know maybe a maybe a a 50 dollar soundtrack something or another the tetris 99 for zelda whatever that ends up being it's just Link's I, crossbow training as a battle royale. That's that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> I wouldn't be terribly shocked if we got Twilight Princess and Wind Waker just because it is so recent. They would not bundle them like they did the 3D Marios. They they would make their money on it. And I would buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like I Both I would buy Twilight Princess and I'd buy Wind Waker cuz I have very fond memories of that too. I would absolutely do my best to get it physical. Like I did the Mario 3D. Man, I don't, I'm not super optimistic about what this is going to end up looking like. Joe? Uh, What I would like is to see them bring Wii U virtual console levels of functionality to the Switch and make a whole bunch of the old Zelda games playable. But I know they won't do that. So Mm. I would like a release date for Breath of the Wild 2. You might get that. That might yeah, come out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know just... both of those are actually very unreasonable things to ask of Nintendo. Yeah. Well, they'll give you a release date, but then they'll just delay it. That's that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, well, and you'll get 2023. <laughs> it's all they'll tell you about when it's coming out. That's actually been one of the most consistent things, as long as we're doing a retrospective. One of the most consistent things about the Legend of Zelda series is the delays. That's That's been... I feel like that's been there for all of them except Majora. Majora and Skyward Sword. I think every other one was announced at least a year or two earlier than they they came out. Because I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild was originally supposed to come out like a year or two earlier, and then they were like, "Actually, it's a Switch game now. We're making it. We're gonna release it on the Switch and the Wii U." Which is just always a fun fact. I remember that technically speaking, Breath of the Wild is a Wii U game. It is. Yeah, you can play it on the Wii U. That's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, does that wrap it up for you guys? Do you have anything else you want to shout out before we move on? We love this franchise. Zelda's fantastic. We're excited about uh, future games in the in the franchise. The Link's Awakening remake was super cool, and I'd love to see them keep revisiting that kind of top-down art style or that kind of putting that kind of love and care into older games, or maybe even making new. Zelda games in that style and then obviously Breath of the Wild 2 is highly anticipated but for now let's go ahead and move into our closing game for this episode
this one, I'm going to host it. Dylan, if you'd be so kind as to keep score. I know you would anyways, but I feel like I should just ask you. It's the polite thing to do. So we are doing Go On, Name Them. You guys want to guess what uh, what the theme is here? Is it something Final Fantasy. <laughs> 14, it's, uh, 13. Witcher. Witcher. Witcher trivia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is Zelda. Yennefer. Yeah, Zelda stuff. We're doing oh, Zelda yeah. stuff. So I think I have six groups, whatever, whatever the word is I'm looking for. So for those that may not know, go on name them goes like this. I will say there are X amount of Overwatch characters. How many can you name? Aubrey says I can name two. Dylan says I can name three. Caleb says I can name four. Joe says I can't do four. So he drops out. <laughs> Once everybody drops, like once it's the last two people basically bidding to see how many they can name, someone will say, oh, I can't do that many. Go on, name them. Whatever that number is, that person has to name that many things. If they do it, they get a point. If they don't, everybody else gets a point. I I want to look into ways to tweak the scoring of this game to make it a little bit more fair, but that's how the scoring works right now. That's what we're going to go with. I did hear, so we stole this game from the IGN UK podcast and uh, one of the episodes they did recently, the guy who hosted the game, he scored it where you get as many points as you bid. Mm. Mm. But if you fail, the other person gets that many points. But they play, their podcast is usually only three people. So one guy's hosting, two people are bidding. Mm -hmm. So... I don't. I haven't exactly like just like figured out if we want to try to do something like that. For now, we'll just stick with the normal scoring. But in the future, we we, we may tweak it. So, first one, Zelda games on the Switch right now. There are nine of them. That being said, I'm including the one that's announced that hasn't come out yet. That isn't Breath of the Wild two, the one that's soon to be announced that might be out by the time this episode goes live. And Wait, I'm including spinoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who's, are... who's bidding first? <laughs> What's your question, Caleb? I was going to say, are you including stuff on their Nintendo online service or just stuff you can physically buy? I'm including the online service. Okay. So, yeah, Caleb, why don't you start? <laughs> I can name seven. Joe? I'm out. Aubrey? Name them. Dylan. Yeah, I can do like three. So <laughs> Alright, Caleb, name seven. <laughs> Alright. So there's the three on the online service. There's The Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Then there yep. is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, The Legend of Zelda, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Legend of Zelda, Link Awakening, the uh remake. I can't I don't remember yeah, what Link's Awakening. That. Yeah, that's fine. And then the one you were talking about is Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the remake Correct. of that. And then there's also, I remembered as I was saying those, the definitive edition of the first Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors. Like, yep, the other Hyrule Warriors is on there. So I think the one you, the ones you didn't mention, well, there's only one you didn't mention. I think that's Cadence of Hyrule. That one. Okay. Yeah. Which I, do we own that? I think we own that. We should own that. I'll double check later. <laughs> You're asking the wrong group. I know. Okay, so <laughs> that's a point for Caleb. Yes. 
All right, so the next group is items from Zelda in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I have eight. These are usable items, not like um, stickers and stuff. So since Caleb won the last one, you want to start it again, Caleb? Uh, let let other people see if they can do it first, and I'm going to try to think of what the ones I know are. All right, Joe, start it. Let's just Caleb stalling for time. Two. Aubrey? I played Ultimate Jet Lagged as All Hell in Hawaii at like 3 a.m., and I haven't played it since. I'm out. Okay, Dylan? This is specifically Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Yeah, it's Ultimate, but I'm sure there's some carryover. Do things that Link himself can use count, but only Link? Or are you talking like the random no? These are and these are items. And stuff? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I can do two. <laughs> so <laughs> so Joe's winning so far. I can, can do, you do three. I can do three. Joe, yeah, go ahead. All right, you got a piece of heart, a fairy in a bottle, and a bomb chew. I'll give you a piece of heart. It's a heart container, but uh-huh. yeah. So you got Beetle, Bombchu, Bunny Hood. Gust Bellows, Cook- Shark. That was the other one. Kuko, Kuko, however you say that. Deku Nut, Fairy Bottle, Gust Bellows, Heart Container. So that's another point for Caleb, which who could have seen this coming? I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> Caleb running away with listing Legend of Zelda related things. I'm sorry. Here's Specifically a- from Ultimate. That's, that's the key is. There I wouldn't was, have done I any could... better if it was specifically yeah. from Melee or specifically yeah, I was from say. Brawl. <laughs> well, a- any of the Smash Brothers, like, you know, yeah. okay, name 10 Zelda items versus name 10 Zelda items that from a game that most of the rest of us have sort of kind of played, and then Caleb and his siblings play obsessively, like. It's true, I... it's been a while, though thought about including like like dylan was saying items that link can use or whatever but that just kind of got a little bit out of hand so next one is and this one's this is a fun one games where link has a cameo reference or is playable that aren't zelda games i have 13 so some of these cameos are pretty like small you know like the it's like legend of zelda gear or the master sword makes an appearance or something like that so there are obvious like oh you can play as link as in this game but then there are some that are a little bit more s- subtle so uh Aubrey, let's start with you three dylan <laughs> four you sound so confident caleb Caleb Van Nice. I am. Hang on. I'm trying to decide. Does this the does the thing I think count counts like the thing the series that would be a couple of them? Okay. I'm risk it for the biscuit. Okay. That's the risk you're gonna have to take. All right. If if that is the case, let me do the math real quick. So he didn't say I series. Do, he did just say game. So well, yeah. No, I would. But if the if these count, it would be every game in the series. And if so, I'll risk it. I'll say eight. Okay, Joe. I'm out. <laughs> Name them. Aubrey. All right, Caleb, eight. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. No. Now that I'm thinking about oh. it, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um You wanna risk a higher number, Dylan? Let me let me count up real quick. <laughs> I I feel like you guys 
I don't know. Because I, I think Caleb may be having the same thought. Like, if I Super Smash Brothers counts, then, like, that's four games right there, right? So. Yeah, uh, that's one. one. Oh. <laughs> then I'm going to let Caleb name eight of them. There's no backing out now, though, is there? <laughs> okay. Said no. eight. All right. You so have a, you have a you have a lead, though. You can you can have some fun with it. Okay. So the ones I do know off the top of my head are Soul Calibur Two, obviously. Yes. Mario Kart Eight. Yes. The Super Smash Brothers series as a whole. Correct. Those were my three. Yeah. Animal Crossing. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Two. Does that one? That's on there. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Shoot. The problem is now I can think of time. Oh, no, that was Samus. Yeah. Uh, Think as loudly as possible. I will, in fact, do that. I'm trying to work through because there's (laughs) there's one that there's one (laughs) Nintendo game that has a bunch of how many? I only need three more. Yeah. Okay. You said eight and you're up to five. So, yeah, you're doing pretty good. The problem is I'm getting my head locked in with like as I'm cycling through, my brain is also remembering weird things like originally in X-Men Legends 2, the GameCube port of it was supposed to have Nintendo characters like Samus and Link playable. That that, that was in the Wikipedia that yeah. I found that I pulled these from. I, I learned that today. That's yes, pretty interesting. That's, yeah. Nintendo was like, no, thanks. And I'm like, ah, I would buy X-Men Legends 2 if that was a thing. Would have been pretty dope. Um, You have to throw something out there. Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Yes. Okay, that's, yep. Um, for the Switch specifically. But for the yes. Switch specifically. Also, Sonic Lost World. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm shocked by <laughs> that he's still going. <laughs> you got one more, Caleb. Oh, and this this is, uh, I need to. He's going in his mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what sort of, like. I'm There's... gonna. I'm just gonna swing for the fences with this last one because my mind's strong and entire blank on anything else. Was it? Does anything from Legend of Zelda show up in Captain Rainbow? <laughs> no. Okay. That's that's no. Uh, but you what? you did so good. Yeah. So the list I have is Super Smash, Mario Kart Eight, Sonic Lost World, Monster Hunter Four, that Soul mm-hmm. Calibur Two, Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, duh, duh. That one's got me <laughs> twice today. Super Mario RPG, Skyrim for Switch, Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3. Those were separate entries. Mario Maker, Animal hey, Crossing. Where'd you get this list? And Final Fantasy. I disagree. Fantasy. I disagree with this <laughs> list. I got it from Wikipedia. Hmm. I think Final Fantasy had to have had a Zelda reference at some point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, a, it's like a grave st- or tombstone that says, here lies Link. Okay. So... I thought Witcher or like Assassin's Creed had one too. Not not that was mentioned in this uh Wikipedia entry. This is a pretty hard like category to search though if I'm being honest. There I thought that websites would have like articles of games where Link like is listicles. referenced or makes a yeah, but I I Wikipedia was the only place I could pull something together, so. So why is Smash Bros only one but Donkey Kong two and three, right? <laughs> I yeah, I was a little confused by that as well. But well, 
I was has Link never gotten the invite to like a Mario Tennis? Like he doesn't get to go no. play tennis. He doesn't get to go Mario play Kart Eight was like his first yeah thing. Man, he started the Mario the, the goofy the games. the Mario people are kind of like pretentious and the Mario spinoffs are notoriously stingy. We're all waiting for like because like you have Mario Party, you have all the Mario sports games, you have Mario Kart, and there's a lot of us who are just sort of like. We've had a bunch of these. It'd be cool to get like a Nintendo one so that like Smash Brothers isn't the only big crossover thing. But no, like even though I think you would sell quite a few copies of another Mario Party if you're just like, this one's Mario characters and like Link and Samus and Pikachu and everyone shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like, characters. they could even have like the, the Mario Party board. Like they could have the Hyrule board. They could have the Pokemon board. They could, I mean, yep. just print the money. Nintendo. Well, the best you're going to get is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Nintendo is A, already printing money, and B, that Mario Garf- Golf looks pretty dope. Like I'm Mario Golf does that. look... I, uh, yeah, that <laughs> you know, it would look better, though, if like Link and Zelda were out there smacking, uh, smacking one down the fairway. I don't know Golf I mean, very well. I mean, yeah, so. Zelda in like a golf outfit i'm down yeah but but i also liked rosalina's little like she's hovering and she's using her wand to swing her golf club like she's not even holding her golf club she's just like holding her wand aloft and like swiping it and it's holding the golf club and swinging it for her and i'm like that's good stuff that's that's fun (laughs) that's some quality entertainment right there going back to you guys questioning why donkey kong counted was because smash was obvious Donkey Kong Country two and three were not obvious. I mean, I even forgot. Caleb only guessed one of them. So, well, I knew. I think that two, might have been my thinking. I knew two for a fact. I forgot about that he made an appearance in three. There's a Earthworm Jim and Sonic technically make kind of cameos in two. Mario and Link are the ones who fully appear. But so the next next one is regions in Breath of the Wild. I have eight. Dylan, zero. how many can you do? Zero, okay. Zero. Wait, Aubrey, no, one. I can do one. Aubrey, can you do more than one? No, I can't even do one. Joe. Two. Two. Caleb. I can maybe do th- I can maybe do three. Oh, okay. Joe, back to you. Can you do four? We're just gonna skip Dylan. I mean Dylan I can said only zero. do one. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And that's okay, assuming go ahead. that Hyrule Castle's a zone. So Go ahead, Caleb. <laughs> okay, uh the Great Plateau is is one. Death Mountain, kind of, too. And then I want to say the, uh, was it Alcala region? Was that one of them? Yeah, so you got one of them, which is Alcala. Okay. The other two aren't technically regions. The Great Plateau is not a region? I I would give you that one, I think. But, but the, Death Mountain's definitely not. Okay. That's uh, like the, um, the eight. Far, 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 I don't know. Yeah, the eight that I have are Alcala, Central Hyrule, Elden, Farron, Gerudo, Hebra, Laneru, and Nekluda. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I knew that they carried them over, I could have maybe gotten Farron, Laneru. Yeah. I I would give you Great Plateau. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, mm, that probably should be there. That would make it nine. But yeah, so everybody else gets a point for that one. Good job, guys. <laughs> We're all tied. <laughs> two, 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 two. Oh yeah, because he didn't quite get that last one. Yeah, because here's another Wikipedia Breath of the Wild one for you. Messed him up. I did Breath of the Wild because I thought that might actually level the playing field a little bit, but he said the thing. I did say Roll the thing. Credits. Drink. Oh wait, no, it, the walk. what was it? 
do the even even the playing field that's what it is (laughs) weapon types in breath of the wild now these are categories of weapons not Not specific there's you know there's like 16 or 17 types of swords or whatever but these are just you know swords is one of them so i have 16 ranged included yes who starts dylan Three. Aubrey. Four. Joe. I'm out. <laughs> I thought you played this game. Yeah, but it's more efficient just to say I'm out on every one of these Caleb. at this point. <laughs> Joe's over there metagaming. He's like, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I can do five. Dylan? I definitely can't do five. I probably couldn't actually do the three that I claimed. <laughs> Aubrey? Name them. All right, Caleb, five. Swords, axes, spears, boomerangs, bows, and staffs. Like the wand things. Is that Didn't you say five? Yeah, you have six already up. Yeah, you said six, <laughs> so... Because so. I don't know that staffs is what they call them. Yeah, it's yeah, the one thing. Would, if, would shields so, have counted, just as a curiosity? No. Okay, good, I didn't go Shields were not a weapon. So... Bats, boomerangs, clubs slash maces, hammers, rods, which I think is what you yeah. think of as staffs, spears, swords, one-handed swords, two-handed swords, which I guess those... Uh, so they have a swords category and a one-handed and a two-handed swords category? No, the, the swords category I should have deleted. The, okay. There's one-handed swords, two-handed swords. That's why we got this wrong, guys. Other bladed weapons, axes... That's what hung us up. Hey, improvised. if you guys are going to tear apart my games... Payback. Just the one. Your game is a dumpster fire compared to what I'm doing right now. (laughs) Farming tools, plant weapons, stall arms, bows and arrows. So it would have actually been 15. Yeah. All right. Now here is the last one. Leaving Breath of the Wild world. Items that are a staple of the Zelda series. And this I made up off the top of my head. So if you say one and I'm like, oh yeah, that should be there. I'll give you credit. But I have 17. These are like the items that cross games that it's like you think of Zelda, you know, you're getting this item in that game kind of situation. So, Joe. I have a question. Of course you do. So you're you're specifically talking about things that like appear in pretty much every game. So like the even though when I think of Zelda, one of the things that comes to mind is like Ocarina, like that's not on this list. Or is that something that's. Is it things that are in Zelda games or is it things that span across pretty much all of them? They span across all of them, but to give one of them away, I have like instrument on there. Okay. As like Master Sword, I assume. But yeah. Okay. Let me just tell you the list. Hold on. Okay. So number one is- (laughs) Joe, how many can you do? (laughs) Three. I was going to say, you should at least be able to do two at this point. Aubrey. Five. Dylan. Seven. Caleb. I'm trying to Van Ice. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I'm tempted just to say call. number one more than seven. Or just make Dylan guess seven because he's that's bluffing. that's actually my entire thing right now. It's like, do I want to actually see if I can remember an eighth one? I'm sure I can when I get there, but we'll see. Or do I want to have Dylan you know, do I want to call Dylan's bluff? But since it is the final round, maybe we should mention that it's 
Everybody has two. You have three, Caleb. So that's the score going to this, this last one. All right. So if you try to so name them and miss, we all we tie. All tie. Mm-hmm. If you have Dylan name them and he misses, you you win. You win by a clear margin. If he gets them, you and Dylan tie. I will be more equitable and I'll say eight. Joe, name them. Yeah, name them. <laughs> Aubrey. Yeah, name them. Dylan. Nine. <laughs> I'm going to let Dylan name them then. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right, Dylan, nine. Uh, instruments. Yeah. Master sword. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, hook shot. Yep. Boomerang. Yep. Um, since you said instruments, are you specific on things like she like is shields or is it like Hylian shield? Can I make that as a simultaneous guess and you tell me if you were yeah, decided it, to be? I'll, be I'll give specific? it to you. I have Hylian shield, but okay. Yeah. Like I know the actual name. I just wasn't sure how yes, like no, specific yeah. you were. Uh, bow and arrow. Correct. The bomb thing. You usually get bombs, right? Bombs, yep. That's seven. Um, Epona or like a mount of some kind pretty much every game? Mm, I don't have that on my list. Jury, would we give him that as an item? Yes, Epona's an iconic character across. Yeah, it's a At character. At least the 3D. Is, is it an item? Well, she's something Link uses in his adventure. Link, uh- do you own a horse? Yes. Then I think that means it's a possession, which is I'm... probably on the synonyms for item. Joe, Kayla, are we giving it to him? <laughs> I feel like a sense of bias if I if I say no. So I'll I'll, I'll let Joe come to the decision here. Joe's also better at semantics. The thing is, though, you don't. I don't think you ever get a mount in any of the handhelds. Whereas, like, all these other items are, are like, apply everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, like, the mounts don't apply in the 2D ones. Those you get a train. Zelda only. Is it you spirit? do get a train. Okay, let's... let's... <laughs> I mean, on, of the 3D Zeldas, aside from uh, Wind Waker... Wind Waker, you get a boat. Yes. He's and more you, of a character than a pony. You always... You and have you an have, item like, the that bird lets you... thing in, like, you have some sort of, like, fast travel creature. You have an item that lets you call your horse. Let's leave horse for now, see if you can get there without it, and then we'll circle back around if you can't. I won't disqualify you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, you only need two more, so if you can do two items that aren't tri- the horse. Force. <laughs> 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 okay, so now we really have to deliberate about the mount, because Joe says no, Aubrey says yes. I mean, uh, the Triforce, you do assemble the Triforce in, in like, one- pretty dang no, but pretty not, dang near every game. It's not an item you use, though. Doesn't he use no, it to it beat Ganon every time? It's an item across all the games. I I'm think... putting my foot down on Triforce. Triforce is not on my list. Okay, the if, if is Triforce isn't... If you're going to put your See, foot down on Triforce, that, I think that same list. logic applies to I the horses. I think your though. fatal flaw here was, Andrew, you didn't specify, like... You didn't think you had to, but in your brain you went, item in Link's inventory... And it has yeah. become important fixture of Zelda series in our deliberations. Zora armor. That's not there. Yeah. And <laughs> technically, mean, the, the Triforce lives in your inventory. Like, you put all the shards in there. I would have taken bottles, Dylan. 
And fairies then... count separate from bottles? Potions? Yes. Milk. Fairies count separately? Yes. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, we're going to gonna, have, we're gonna say to put... that you don't own, that a horse is not an item, but a fairy, a living, breathing, like... That thing you, with a you can't put is... the fairy in your inventory. You can't put the horse okay, in your inventory. Okay, but the question wasn't put in things you put in inventory, Joe. It was you have not to put inventory. the fairy in the bottom. You made a good point. Things. Anyways, I don't have a tiebreaker, so Caleb wins. <laughs> your fatal flaw was not expecting me to answer this question. So I'll give you I'll give you the list that I that I had. I had the master sword, the highland shield, the boomerang bow, slingshot, hookshot, iron boots, bottle, fairy, potions, bombs, wallet, rupees, instrument of some sort, power bracelet, heart container, and then the like deku sticks slash nuts. Steel boots. He had I put that. I thought he yeah, did he yeah, say I read them boots? very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I said iron boots. So wallets and rupees to get like separate items, huh? Well, you have to put mm-hmm. the so just, rupees where, where into a wallet. Where did you get this list from again? I made it up. Mm. And I said that right at the beginning. Well, I disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, this is Dylan's last week on the podcast. So everybody be sure to write in whenever this episode goes live. <laughs> That'd be weird. It's like... <laughs> six months from now. Know why six drops. months from now. Yeah, like six months from now when we finally just put this out because Nintendo still hasn't said anything about the 35th anniversary of Zelda. They're like, oh, Dylan's back on this one. That's weird. <laughs> and then it's the oh, I get plot it. twist jigsaw slash saw origin story. It was a prequel the entire time, an explanation for why Dylan's not here anymore. Here's your memento moment. Yeah. Well, good game, everybody. I'm really proud of myself for hosting it and proud of most of you for competing. <laughs> Caleb, you did a great job. Joe, I wanted more from you. Dylan, you exceeded my expectations. Aubrey, you were pretty much right where I expected you to be. And with that, I just want to say thanks for checking out this episode of the Level Playing Field podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com, where you can find all of our social media, our YouTube channel, our Patreon and our directories and if you want to write in the show directly feel free to shoot us a message on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com a big thank you to my co-hosts aubrey joe caleb and dylan and an even bigger thank you to all of our listeners and viewers we sincerely appreciate your support now say goodbye everybody goodbye everybody goodbye everyone goodbye